When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi, everyone, and welcome to State of State. This podcast is presented by Bet Online, your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting, plus your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Get into the action today. Head to betonline.ag or use your mobile device to join. And be sure to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. State of State is presented by Bet Online, where the game starts. Also, State of State is a proud supporter of Blue White Outfitters. Blue White Outfitters was created as a retail shop meant to highlight the confidence, competitiveness, and fearlessness of the elite athletes found throughout the history of Penn State University. All sales from Blue White Outfitters directly benefit Penn State student-athletes. Visit www.bluewhiteoutfitters.com today. Penn State's 2024 recruiting class is already off to a ridiculous start. This summer, it's been a hot topic. It's in the top 10 nationally, depending on where you look. James Franklin, Terry Smith, and company are on a tear. And one of those members of the 2024 class as a commit is our guest, here today, wide receiver Peter Gonzalez at a Central Catholic uh, in the greater Pittsburgh area. So, Justin, I can't imagine how you became friends with Peter in the first place. So, you know, just no, no bias whatsoever on this podcast. But, Peter, first off, how's the summer treating you? How's everything going, getting ready for the 2023 season? Pretty good. The team's been practicing all summer, and I feel very good about what we're about to do. Um, we got some guys coming in I think it really helps, so I couldn't be more excited. Now that you've made your commitment public after seeing a variety of different schools, how does it feel? How did it feel having that, you know, that moment with your family and you're, you're, you got the hats in front of you and you picked that Penn State hat? Because I think that's something kids dream about. Oh, definitely. It, it was just like a weight off my shoulder. The process was great, but it got real tiring, especially towards the end. So just being able to make that decision to find home was really comforting for me and my family. And it felt great to just be able to lock into my season and be ready to go tiring in in what respect is that for the average fan that doesn't quite comprehend it you know uh, Justin's lived it as a big time recruit you know I have not but w- tiring in what ways just the, the weight of the decision it, it's the biggest decision of my life and just being able to think through that and really talk about it with your family when it comes down towards the end and you got a few schools you really like but you got to make that final decision it's draining for you and your family so whenever you can finally make that decision it just feels real good for everyone uh, it's beautiful. Uh, and Justin, your your stepdad, Terry Smith, uh, the associate head coach, has been instrumental in this recruit, as he is with a number of different recruits. Um, when you've seen Peter's game and obviously speaking to Terry, uh, what's the feedback? What do you think? Well, it's funny. I mean, I started dealing with Pete before he started playing high school. I mean, locked in at uh, Central. So when he first dealt with him, it was like, what was that, two and a half, almost three years ago, we're dealing with some 40 stuff and just getting his overall – just seeing how he moves right dealing with his dad and seeing some high school basketball clips and seeing him training i'm just like man 
guy has some pretty unique traits, right? Because like there's certain things when you look at just football and the personnel talent acquisition phase and going to the highest level, whether it's the NFL or even top level power five college, there's certain boxes that need to be checked and that you only see at certain levels, right? And at the time when I started dealing with Pete, he didn't have that much football film, uh, um, tackle football film, like with pads on. But the one thing he had was like a lot of traits that I only seen at a very high level, right? We talk about 6'3", 200 pounds. I think at the time he was probably about 185 um, but he was just like very springy and explosive. It was like, I mean, there's not going to be any limits placed onto him from a physical standpoint. So at this point, it's just about a matter of drilling in his skill set, which was also unique. Him having such a high skill set and athleticism with limited football being played. So like when I you know relayed that information, I was like, hey, there's this kid's got some stuff to him. Like I'm not sure, but like you know, sometimes you have to check. I mean, I'm always evaluating or seeing players before arrivals or the different people come up like that. I'm like, no, he checks a lot of boxes. Let's see what happens. Transfer to Central, he had an injury and then continued that projection or that progression all the way up. And here he is at Penn State. So I think the initial piece was him checking all the boxes of guys that make it to that premier level. And it's just like, oh, now we have to just fill in these other areas. (laughs) Peter, what's it make you think hearing that? Because obviously it's very high praise from a dude who's played in the National Football League and knows what it means to recruit. Yeah, I mean, it's very flattering that that he saw and believed in me at such a young age because, like you said, I didn't have a lot of football film um, from a young age. I didn't really start playing football till my first school season was my sophomore year at Central. So the fact he saw that early, it makes me feel really good that he could identify that within me and believed in it and, and honed it. And now I am where I am. And, I'll, and a, I'll piggyback, not to j- jump yeah, in, but it's like even something that I was saying that, like, obviously he had the skill set, but like dealing with them, right? Like whether we're working on a 40, I always deal with athletes. I mean, if anybody's listening, deal with me. It's like that, those transfer skills. Like, all right, if I tell you like, wait, we have to do this from a, just a physical athletic standpoint. And can you do it? Not X's and O's, not running routes, but like, hey, can you dorsiflexion? Can you put force here? Can you do this? Can you, can you make yourself do this from this type of explosion stance and like being able to accomplish that again, when the size checks out athleticism, explosiveness, and then you see some football films like, well, he's actually, a, he's starting off with a high skill set. I mean, his dad is a, it was a former NFL quarterback. So I mean, even talking to him, he was always, his dad was always kind of geared into like the skill building aspect. And it was just like, well, if he has this skill base and he has this athleticism, I mean, we just gotta, just gotta stay the course. Right. <laughs> Well, he's about, so, to, yeah. he's about to say, Justin, you know, recently at Penn State, especially under James Franklin, there aren't too many wide receivers that are are big dudes. As you mentioned, Peter, you're 6'3", 200 pounds right now as a teenager, so you got a lot of room to grow. Um, but, Peter, for you looking at, you know, James Franklin's track record with wide receivers, there's been a real onus put on recruiting wide receiver talent, especially in the last two seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, did that encourage you? Was there anything in that lineage that you're like, oh, I like this guy's game. I should be going to Penn State. I, I really like just the Penn State culture, and, and I feel like the, the the emphasis they put on the receiver court really fit what I wanted to do for, with my career. Um, I, I wanted to make a big impact wherever I went and have the opportunity to, to play um, at a certain time, and I feel like Penn State gives me that opportunity just based on their their need and their belief in the receiver room. I think Coach Hagan's um, taking over was huge for them, and, and it'll be big for both them and me as a player to develop. And I feel like during the process, after he came in, I really felt the need for that position, and I feel like that was something I wanted to contribute to. 
Yeah, they have a nice core uh, that they've developed. You know, Keandre Lambert-Smith, people are hoping for big things from him. And meanwhile, they've hit the transfer portal, Dante Cephas, Malik McLean. And there's going to be a lot of guys that are currently on the roster you're going to have to compete with. But even within your own class, it was, you know, yourself and Josiah Brown, you might have called each other and be like, hey, I'm going to commit now. And you did it then. And then not to mention Tysier Denmark. So adding you three to this class in 2024, plus the guys that you know you're going to be there competing with, does it feel like a crowded room that you're walking into? No, no, no. I, I feel like competition is necessary, especially in a room like that. I feel like we all going to drive each other to get better. And at the end of the day, our goal is to make the team better. So the best guy is going to play. Um, and if you're not playing, then you got to work harder. And I feel like that's very needed in a room like that. So I never feel like it was really crowded. I feel like they were just driving up the competition to bring out the best. Uh, Peter was just talking about the transition from uh, Taylor Stubblefield as a wide receiver coach to Marcus Hagens, Justin. Um, from what you've understood within the program, how's that transition gone? Because that was a question mark in the offseason. I'm sure. I mean, just from the, I was I hate to say, but like the past I mean, years of just the receiver coach in general, like that transition from Gaddis being there to the next, that's kind of been the one position that has changed a little bit. But even the transition from Taylor Stubblefield to Hagens, I think, is a, a, a nice I mean, I don't can't say upgrade, but like a nice addition for Penn State. I mean, I play with Hagens in the NFL. So like anytime you got guys like that that have seen it at the top level, whether it's like understanding the development of an athlete, seeing a pro the progression from a freshman to a senior, and also being able to inject that confidence from a receiver coach and get the best out of a receiver, whether it's the skill development aspect, the competitive nature of being out there. And when you talk about identifying the right pieces that come into your uh, into your room is essential. I mean, Pete talked about it there when he said like that competition that breeds the level of play that you need. We talk about, you know, you see like the different receiver cores that they had at LSU or the receiver cores that they had at Alabama. Like these guys all went in there to compete in something or somebody when you talk about talent management to bring that out. And I think that's what someone like a Hagens brings to the table is that talent management to also be able to manage the talent, develop it, and sort of put out a premier product at the receiver position. In regards to uh, your offensive coordinator that we expect to be your mm -hmm. offensive coordinator, that is Mike Yersich. Uh, he's famous for paying attention to recruits for quite some time. He'd been hunting Drew Aller. I mean that in the best way possible. Been <laughs> going after Drew Aller for years. It's documented at the University of Texas. He had his eyes on him. Um, it is hunting. It is, it is hunting. It is hunting. <laughs> but what, what was your first understanding of Mike Yurcich and then when you got to meet him and interact with him in person uh how did it feel yeah so I've always kind of liked his offensive scheme um just from even watching Penn State football before I was even a recruit um and then getting to know him he's just he's a student of the game he, he really un enjoys the the x's and o's and getting into it um he enjoys to teach you, you can tell that when we had our film session he was just eager to teach and show you as much and, and teach you as much as he could so um, I feel like it's very important to have a guy like that who, who really wants to teach you the game and not just tell you what to do to, to really have you nurture and, and grow in the game. And on top of that, James Franklin, uh, it's I think it's not heralded enough. Justin, you and I talk about it in terms of how much he invests in the time with recruits one on one. That doesn't always happen with major colleges and that there's just not enough man hours, et cetera. But he really spends the time and you guys have gotten to interact quite a bit. How's your relationship with James Franklin at this point? We have a great relationship. He, he's always been great to me and my family every time we've gone up, even when I wasn't the highest on their board versus when I was very high on their board. He, he's always kind of been the same. And we've appreciated that he's never really switched up on us in that aspect. Um, 
he's just a very genuine person and you can really tell that he believes in what he's doing and cares for that program like it's his child. So um, we've always really appreciated his genuineness as a coach and as a person. Justin, how much do we talk about consistency when it comes to the staff? I mean, consistency is key in the recruiting process and we are dealing with a staff, right? Because you're coming into a ecosystem or a program where you're looking to develop and if you're making a decision based on things you want to try to find the most consistent path of like what i'm judging is going to be what i walk into when i get here so like that level of seeing the consistency how people might act if you're the janitor on the recruiting list or when you're the superstar on the recruiting list that shows a lot and that's why it's so essential when you say like the quarterback i mean like mike evaluating players for so long because you want to see the whole trajectory of the player essentially like you're collecting art like if you want to find an artist that pops up and he's like selling major um pieces of work but you want to understand like their history and where they came from and how they you know progressed and like what is the growth potential of this asset that i'm investing in so that's what we're that's what we're dealing with when we're talking about talent acquisition finding the top two to three percent of players in the country like a pete to come to your school like that's essentially what you're evaluating so as a coach, you have to be consistent in what you can provide to Pete, right? Like not only is Penn State providing something to Pete, but Pete has to provide something to Penn State. And so when you're doing that, you have to make sure that those things mesh. And I mean, the consistency is critical. I mean, especially for me. Peter, we we talk so much on this show and then everybody in college football about uh, NIL benefits, name, image, and likeness. And you've had the opportunity to visit with a lot of different schools um, some big time college football, some in the power five, some in the group of five, you know, you've really seen a nice mixture of it, but what were some of your priorities in regards to NIL going into this entire pursuit of the right home? Um, for me, I think it was structured. NIL is a very new world and it's something that not, not many people have figured out. Um, just having a structure to kind of keep the locker room in check. Cause I know when you, you write big checks to new guys versus guys who have been there and don't really have the same amount of money get coming in it can cause some animosity within the locker room. So I think a consistency and, and and something that is kind of like a baseline for their guys is very important. And I feel like that's something Penn State has figured out. So um, after seeing their presentation on all that, I felt like it was a place that I can come and wouldn't have to worry about there being any locker room conflict when it comes to NIL because they are there to provide for all of their guys that come in. I want to cycle back to something that you mentioned before. You had suffered uh, an ACL injury, a serious injury. How old were you at the time when that happened? I was 16. 16. So in my opinion, that's a pretty traumatic event. Now, obviously, you're a football player with big time aspirations in college football. But still, how how did that affect you? How did you handle that when that happened? Um, honestly, when it first happened, I, I, I had no offers. Um, I had a little bit of interest from my season, but it kind of felt like I was so close and just didn't make it. But luckily, I was blessed enough to have some schools call after the surgery and, and offer me. But there was still a tone of that I had to prove it, that I could I had to prove I could be back and be back and better than when I was. Um, so I feel like overall it, it was taxing, but it taught me a lot. Um, just having my family and that support system behind me the whole way, um, having my teammates who really believed in me, even when I started coming back during the season, they believed in me and my ability. It really helped me just come back and, and prove that I still am who I was. Are you a fan of rivalries? Are you a fan of smack talk? 
Do you like to stand out from the crowd at tailgates? If so, check out Smack Apparel and see what their team has geared up for football season. Their Let There Be White tee is the perfect gear for all those famous whiteout games at Beaver Stadium. Or get straight to the point with the worst tee for all the Ohio State haters out there. Smack Apparel has the must-have tees for all your teams, including pro and college football, plus basketball, baseball, every fan is covered. Head over to smackapparel.com and use the promo code STATE10, that's S-T-A-T-E-1-0, at checkout for 10% off. Again, that's smackapparel.com, promo code STATE10, at checkout. Why we're boring when you can wear smack. Are you looking for undeniably good hair and beard care? Then Maestro's Classic is perfect for you. Maestro's has beard washes, beard oils, beard butters, plus hair gels and pomades. It's one brand for every man. Visit maestrosclassic.com. That's M-A-E-S-T-R-O-S classic.com and use our promo code STATE20. That's S-T-A-T-E-2-0 at checkout for 20% off your order. Maestro's Classic, crafting a better you. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. That's a great piece that you're saying, even coming back to believing who you are prior to the injury and how much support you need, whether it's from the family and teammates. Because I think a lot of times... In football, we know we hear like it's 100% injury rate until it happens to us, right? Not like a cut or a bruise, but like something major where it kind of changes the trajectory of your perceived career. Can you talk to us a little bit about the the road or the mental, I can't say the mental block, but the road to getting back on the field to feeling 100% because I feel like you even got to back onto the field and there was still a level of feeling comfortable with your knee. Just talking through that process of going through the recruiting process while recovering from a major injury at a skill position like in the different things that you had to go through from that standpoint. Yeah. So, so when you first start, you, you never really know if you'll be back a hundred percent. It is a scary injury that happens to everybody. So in the early stages, you never really know if you will be back to it. as much as you want to believe it. And you tell yourself that you really don't know until you know. Um, but, but for me, I feel like with the, the PTs I had and the support I had, um, if I, if I put in the work, I could be back um, going through the process. It, it was kind of, a point to prove that it wasn't affecting me. You know, I would talk and kind of let them know that, hey, everything's going great. Um, but then again, you, you don't know until you really get back on that field and you run another route and you drop your hips one more time if you're going to be back. Um, so then when the season came around, um, I, I saw my team playing. We weren't doing too good. And, and inside myself, I wanted to play with them. So um, at about seven and a half months, even though I was supposed to be out for nine, I decided to come back and play during week four and I had a pretty good game. And that's kind of when I felt like, okay, I can be back. I, I wasn't back hundred percent. I would say I was more around 75, 80, but when I came back, I felt like this is something that I can do and pick up from here. I felt like I could become the player that I'm supposed to be after this injury. And I think that speaks like highly to your just, I mean, competitive character, right. To be able to jump back in there and compete on like an 80% ACL. Cause I think for a lot of guys that when injuries do happen, the biggest hurdle to jump over is continue to focus on getting better in terms of your skill level and not getting hurt again. 
I think people don't really understand that mental yeah. fortitude when you're just like, all right, I'm competing, I'm competing, I'm trying to defeat this person, but I'm also trying to keep myself together. Um, can you talk about that a little bit, knowing that you're like operating at 80%, but you're still trying to get a scholarship offer and you're still trying to, you know, show that you're a dominant receiver, but you're only operating at 80%. How did you handle that mental warfare between yourself and the outside world? Yeah, I think for me, it kind of came down to priority. And for me, I, I kind of, even though a lot of people said I should, I put my team before myself. Um, I saw they were struggling. I saw that we need a little bit of a spark. And for me, I feel like my time was better spent into them than into myself. And I feel like I could still get the work back and I was still improving upon myself, practicing with them and playing in games, but being there for them, it was most important to me. Um, Cause you, you wouldn't believe how many people told me you should just sit out and, and heal and rest. Um, but for me, I feel like being there for my team, my teammates was the most important thing I could do during this recovery process. And um, I honestly, it came down to a faith. I, I just, I had to trust that, throughout this time and playing on the field that my knee was going to hold up and stay and stay strong. And luckily it did, which was a very big blessing. But um, when it came under the early decisions to, to come back, it was just, I put my team before myself. That's amazing. And going into your senior season now, now is, I mean, you're committed to Penn state going into your senior year, your junior year, going into your junior year, you're recovering from an ACL, not sure if you're going to play, give us a little, indicator of how different the mental is going into your junior year versus how you feel now going into your senior year going in with expectations right like you have expectations yeah. of okay this is when people come to a central catholic game we got specka we got Pete gonzalez these are the guys that are going to penn state how does that feel going into your senior year with expectations and being healthy for me i feel like it feels great i i, I like having the spotlight on me because i feel like it helps me perform a little better so um, having those expectations and knowing that for my and within myself, I can live up to those makes me feel very excited for what's going to come during the season. I feel like I'm repping a, a brand name in Penn State, a big name, and I feel like I can rep that proudly and really show out what it means to be a Penn State football player. So um, coming in with the confidence um, of just who I am and what I can do outside of an injury, because I feel like I'm back from that, it, it, we couldn't be more excited for the season. I love to hear it. Tom, you got anything? Yeah, in regards to the rest of your team, you got multiple guys going to some serious college football programs. How much do you think there's a target on the backs of your teammates going into this season? Because you guys got a lot ahead of you. I think there's a huge target. And people have already been talking about us and, and saying this, that, and the other. But I feel like within us, we know what we can do. And a lot of the guys, we've been together since our freshman, sophomore years. So um, I feel like we believe in each other. Even before all the hype and all the colleges started calling and, and all that, I feel like we really believe in each other. And, and outside of all the, the recruiting, we're a team that is so molded together that the, the noise doesn't really affect us. Now, uh, your dad went to Pitt, which Penn State fans will forgive. Very forgiving <laughs> fan base. Uh, but when did you first become aware of Penn State football? When did you first become a fan of it? Because you've been on the record saying it kind of has felt like your, quote, hometown team. Yeah. Honestly... Whenever Pitt played Penn State is kind of when I was put on Saquon Barkley versus James Conner. I went to that game, actually. Um, and that was kind of when Penn State football got got put onto my radar. And it was just awesome to see how they operated. And I think I say we back when I was a Pitt fan, I think we won that game. But then the next year, y'all <laughs> came and y'all won that one. So um, that's kind of when Penn State got put on the radar. And then ever since then, my dad would always kind of keep in the loop because they were always a very good team. So. Um, I would always kind of see them whenever I started to get more interested in football, just how they were doing it. They were always at the top. So then when the recruiting process came around, it did feel like a very familiar team. 
That's really sure. interesting. Even when you say that, that like being a Pittsburgh kid, and obviously your dad played at Pitt and the Steelers, and your intro to Penn State is at an event when you're coming to a game, and how important that is, even from like building the footprint of playing in town rivals. Because I think that type of, I think that game, if you want to look back and like where the the recruiting wins for Penn State prior to the Penn State pit game that had there, and now since then moving forward, I think you've seen a lot of guys like hold up. What's going on up at Penn State? Like, because it wasn't before then. I mean, Penn State and Pitt didn't really play each other, right? We just played it every once in a while. But like that opening up to, yeah. oh, this is a culture that I might want to be a part of. I think we've seen that with the Pittsburgh, I mean, pipeline that goes up to Penn State for, I mean, I don't know how long it goes back, but the recent span when he's speaking of Penn, playing in Penn State, um, it's pretty interesting. I'm pretty sure, was Aaron Donald on that Pitt team? I don't think so. Um, right before I think that, he just left. I think he just got. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just after there that. were some dudes on that Pittsburgh team. So nothing against what Pittsburgh was able to field there, but uh, in your experience, getting to go and and be in the Penn State community and be inside Beaver Stadium as well, what was that feeling like? Um, it, like even the whiteout game, just not being able to hear your own thoughts is something you you only dream about. And having 107,000 people screaming for you on a football field, that's what every kid dreams about. Like there, there's no feeling like it. And um, knowing that that could be you on that field in the epicenter of what everyone's yelling for, it's it's a dream. It really is a dream. And the fact that it can become a reality is very enticing to come to a place like Penn State. Peter, outside of what happens on the football field, what are some things that you are looking forward to at Penn State, and what are some things that you want to accomplish off the field? Um, off the field, I feel like a big part for me and my family was the academic side of, of college, and um, they have a very great business school, which is the major I want to go into. Um, so that's um, that's really exciting for me that they have such a good program in that aspect that both on and off the field, I can be set up for life. If football works out, great. That's every kid's dream, but it's not forever. So if I can, you know, use my uh, my chance and my scholarship to build something outside of football, especially in, in the business world, um, that's huge. So I'm very excited to, to kind of conquer that and tackle that as just a, a student. Thank you all so much for joining us. This episode and our entire library of shows is available now on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And of course, let us know what you think of the show on Twitter at the King One and at Tom Hannafin. State of State is presented by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.